0: Welcome to Good Guy Grant's podcast. It's mad decent. And this is the Good Guy Grant podcast. I'm your host, Grant. Coming up on today's show, I want to talk a little bit what Todd McShay said about Deshaun Watson and Sam Darnold. I want to talk, bring back also, and talk about people's new favorite segment, the Who the Fuck is That Guy segment. We'll talk a little Super Bowl, a little NBA. We'll we'll go a little bit. We'll also talk boxing. Um, I actually want to start off talking boxing, to be honest with you. I haven't really had a chance to talk a lot of boxing on this show, and I think it needs to be brought up a little bit more. There's a lot going on that in boxing that people either don't know about because they don't pay attention to boxing enough, or they don't see exactly what's going on. So I want to first talk about the big boxing matchups that are kind of coming out. There's a lot of discussions on new ones coming as well. For people who don't know, the heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury, who's coming off the the win against Deontay Wilder last February, uh, TKO in the seventh round. He's going to face Anthony Joshua, who's the number two-ranked heavyweight in the world. Anthony Joshua has multiple belts. He's from England. The fight's actually going to be in the Middle East. Uh, They're working on the set and the date and everything as of right now. So Tyson Fury, who's 30, 0-1 0-1 and one, with that 1 being a draw to De- Deontay Wilder when he fought him the first time. Anthony Joshua, 23-1 and one, with his loss being to Andy Ruiz. He did avenge that loss to Andy Ruiz last December by beating him in a decision that went 12 rounds. Again, Andy Ruiz surprised Anthony Joshua the first time they, they fought and beat him. Then Anthony Joshua, I think, tra- took training a little bit more seriously ends up beating Andy Ruiz, getting his belts back. What does this do, and why is this so big? This fight has two British fighters going at it, probably the two biggest British fighters in England. It's going to be a lot of fans if they have it in the Middle East, depending on COVID and everything, of course. For this fight to work, also because Deontay Wilder is actually the mandatory had a mandatory rematch to go against Tyson Fury after he lost. In boxing, whenever that happens, if you give the boxer step-aside money is what they call it. So Deontay Wilder would have to step aside and give up his fight against Tyson Fury for the third time in order for Fury and Joshua to fight. And it's very common for boxing to do this. Deontay Wilder gets step-aside money, which is anywhere from $10 million to $25 million, basically to sit at home. He doesn't have to fight. He's looking at a fight against, um, Deontay Wilder is, against Charles Martin. He wants to have a little tune-up fight after coming off that loss to Fury last February. So Wilder's looking to fight uh, Charles Martin. He's also going to get between 10 and 12, $25 million, uh, for step-aside money to allow Fury to fight Joshua, which is going to happen in the Middle East. So that's it's good to see. I mean, I think those two have to fight... see who the best heavyweight in the division is. Of course, I'm a Deontay Wilder fan, Uh, but in terms of Fury and Joshua, I hope Fury wins. The resume of Fury and Joshua is, it's interesting because Tyson Fury took off a couple years due to battling depression. He had issues with drugs and alcohol, things like that. But before that, when you look at the record of Tyson Fury, a couple things stick out. He did beat Deontay Wilder. Like I said, that took place February twenty second, 2020. And he won handily. It wasn't even close. He knocked him out in the seventh round. Deontay Wilder went down multiple times in that fight. Um, A lot of people think Tyson Fury won the first fight, which was December first, 2018, which that one was the draw. I still don't know how Fury got up off the mat in round 12 after Wilder knocked him down. But the big wins for Fury, when you look at his resume, uh, he beat uh, Vladimir Klitschko back in 2015. Uh, That was a big win. It was actually in Germany that he got that win. Uh, Tyson Fury's beaten Derek Chisora back in 2014. That's a big win as well. Uh, Like I said, we mentioned he beat Deontay Wilder. When you look at Anthony Joshua's resume, he has the win, but. There's a kind of—it's weird with the Joshua resume. When you look at it, he did beat Klitschko, and that happened back in 2017, April. What was funny about that was, so Fury beats Klitschko, then has issues with drugs and everything. Joshua beats him, and Joshua said, well, you know what? I beat Klitschko, blah, blah, blah. I'm the best. It's a good win. Klitschko was a little bit old for the time, but he still got the win for Joshua. Uh, Carlos Takam is a big win for Joshua as well. That was back in 2017. Joseph Parker, 2018, was a good win for Joshua. Pavetkin, who honestly just knocked out Dillian White last year. Joshua beat him in 2018. Uh, The big loss on Anthony Joshua's resume is in 2019. That was June 1st, Andy Ruiz. He did avenge that defeat back in December 2019 when he beat Ruiz handily. A lot of people were saying Ruiz was out of shape for that fight. I agree 100%. When Andy Ruiz got that win against Joshua back in 2019, Andy Ruiz did not take that rematch seriously. He didn't train as hard. He came into money for the very first time after winning all those belts against Joshua, and he didn't have the heart to be able to win. Anthony Joshua took advantage of that train real well and dominated the fight against Andy Ruiz back in 2019. And then Anthony Joshua, actually in December of 2020, he beat uh, Kubat Pulev in nine rounds. He knocked him out. That's a good win as well. So it's... The weird part about it is when you look at the resume, top to bottom, Anthony Joshua has a better resume. But a lot of the opponents that Anthony Joshua has faced have been handpicked. He fought Dillian White before Dillian White actually got a lot better. He beat Dillian White back in 2015. Uh, Dominic Brazil, he beat him in 2016, but it took seven rounds to where Deontay Wilder knocked out Brazil within the first couple <laughs> couple minutes of the fight. To be honest with you, so I think Fury would beat Joshua when they fight. I think it'll be a really good fight, um, and then hopefully after that, Fury will either retire or he'll give Wilder that third fight. Uh, Like I said, you got Deontay Wilder going up against Charles Martin to kind of get him back in the ring. Um, In the heavyweights also, Andy Ruiz is scheduled to fight Chris Ariola. That's not a bad fight. Uh, You have uh, Pavetkin and Dillian White going for fight number two. A lot of people are thinking Pavetkin's uh, punch against Dillian White was a fluke, so they're going to fight again. Uh, The big one, though, to kind of look at is going to be the Olesander Usyk fight. He was in the, the division below heavyweight, and then he moved up to heavyweight. He's coming out of victory against uh, Derek Chisora back in October. Uh, he actually didn't look at so Usyk. Basically, you know, he's going to uh, fight upcoming. He's going to actually step up and wait. He's going to f- have a big fight coming up. hasn't been finalized, so I don't want to kind of set that, but that's going to be a big fight. Usyk's next fight is really going to determine how good he really is. Um, in boxing, you have uh, Canelo Alvarez, who seems to taken over the light heavyweight division. That's 175. He's scheduled to fight Avni or Durham in uh, February, February 27th to be exact. After he fights uh, Avni, he's actually scheduled to fight. Um, uh, actually, he's going to go against, Another good fighter in Callum Smith, or excuse me, not Callum Smith, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, actually middle of the year, probably around Cinco de Mayo. So Canelo Alvarez is looking to fight multiple times here in the next five months. That'll be good to see that. the Probably I would say the hottest division to tell you about that a lot of people really like is the 147-pound division. I have Terrence Crawford number one. He's 37-0 coming off victory against Kell Brook. A lot of people have Errol Spence, who's coming off a win against Danny Garcia in December. We're hoping that that fight gets put together. The big issue with them is Spence wants to get paid more. He wants a 60-40 split of the uh, proceeds. Crawford wants pretty close to a 50-50 split. So the uh, promoters, Bob Arum and, uh, uh, Al Heyman have to come together to get a fight done. Crawford's 37-0, Spence 27-0. Those two have got to fight and stop ducking each other. Uh, Manny Pacquiao is set to fight uh, upcoming fighter Ryan Garcia. Garcia coming off that big win against Luke Campbell. Manny Pacquiao the veteran 62-7-2 and coming off a win in 2019 July actually against Keith Thurman. That was a big one. But that's the big ones out of those, to be honest, with that division is you have Ryan Garcia, you got Devin Haney, you got Teofimo Lopez, and you got Tank Davis. So Ryan Garcia, after beating Luke Campbell, was supposed to fight Devin Haney, but instead he's going to face Pacquiao, so that leaves Devin Haney without a fighter. Teofimo Lopez, I think he'll fight Tank Davis, which I think that'll be a really good fight. But there's, there's a lot of good fights coming up in boxing that I think a lot of people are going to be excited about. It's just a matter of, can the promoters come together and get these fights done? That has always been the Achilles heel with boxing, is a lot of these promoters can't come together, and they're selfish as hell, and they don't want to put the fights that a lot of fans want to see. And it's wrong. I always criticize U- UFC because you have Dana White and he's the one that sets up all the fights and everything and communists takes all the money and things like that. But the biggest problem with boxing is there's way too many promoters. You have Oscar Del Hoya with Golden Boy, Bob Arum with Top Rank, Al Heyman, PBC, have Frank Warren out there, multiple different promotions. PBC with Al Heyman seems to always put PBC fighters against PBC fighters. Top Rank always puts... Top rank fighters against top rank fighters, but they have to come to an understanding, and hopefully, with the Joshua Fury fight being set, hopefully, and come together. You got Eddie Hearn representing Anthony Joshua, you got Bob Arum representing uh, Tyson Fury. So you're hoping with that mega fight that it can come together and get a really big fight in. I watched the Caleb Plant and Caleb Truex fight last night. Caleb Plant looked pretty good. They're talking about him fighting Canelo at the end of this year. As a possibility, I would give the the nudge to Canelo in that fight. I think Caleb, or Caleb Plant looked okay, but I think it was more Caleb Truex was a little bit older. I think he's in his mid-30s. Uh, so I didn't see a lot from Caleb Plant that really said, hey, you're going to be able to take down Canelo Alvarez. I think Canelo Alvarez is probably the best fighter in boxing right now, no matter what division you're in followed by probably Tyson Fury number two, as much as I hate to say it since I am a Deontay Wilder fan. Uh, We'll shift gears a little bit. I want to talk NFL, and I want to talk Deshaun Watson and Sam Darnold. For people I didn't see with Todd McShay, the NFL draft guru, he's on ESPN, he does a little bit of college football, but mostly NFL and the draft. Todd McShay came out and said that Deshaun Watson is only slightly better than Sam Darnold. And I looked at that, I was like, what? So Sam Darnold's never been a Pro Bowler. Deshaun Watson's been a three-time Pro Bowler. From 2018 to 2020, Deshaun Watson has been a Pro Bowler. He's led the NFL in passing in 2020. He was on the All-Rookie Team 2017. His touchdown interception percentage, 104 to 36. Deshaun Watson has over 14,000 passing yards. Completion percentage, 67%. Passer rating, 104. Top of that, he's rushed for over 1,600 yards and 17 TDs. He got paid in the offseason by the Houston Texans. It was a big contract. He got that four-year 177. 111 of it's guaranteed. There's speculation that Deshaun Watson wants to be traded. He has a no-trade clause in his contract, so the Texans don't have to honor that. But with the return that the Lions just got from Matthew Stafford, which was Jared Goff, multiple first-round picks, second-round pick, how many draft picks is Deshaun Watson worth? Probably three to four first-round picks, to be honest with you. Deshaun Watson's that good. Now, when you look at Sam Bernardino, Sam never made a Pro Bowl. He's never led the league in passing. He's only has 8,000 career passing yards. His TD interception ratio is 45 to 39. His pass rating is 78.6. All lower than Deshaun Watson. When you look at stats from this past year, so 2020, Sam Darnold started 12 games. at a 59.6 passing percentage for only 2,200 yards. Nine TDs, 11 interceptions, two rushing TDs. When you look at Deshaun Watson's stats, from 2020, started 16 games, 70% completion percent, which is higher than Darnold, 40, that 4,823 yards passing, 33 TDs to 7 interceptions, 3 TDs on the ground. So a total of 36 career TDs for 2020 compared to Sam Darnold, who's at 11. Deshaun Watson doubled him up on passing yards a better completion percentage But Ty McShay says that Deshaun Watson is only slightly better than Sam Darnold Now, on Sam Darnold's defense the Jets have horrible 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 and I mean horrible receiving and the Houston Texans receding for is not as good either I mean once uh DeAndre Hopkins left so it's not like the Texans had a bunch of weapons to throw to Similar to the Jets, but if you look at the Jets Receiving core, it's not good The Jets receiving core is actually really bad Jamison Crowder, Brashad Perryman, Denzel Mins. That's your top three wide receivers Was Baxson Barrios as a slot guy Tight end, you got uh, Chris Herndon So not a lot to work with for Sam Darnold But the Texans aren't They're not that much better when you look at it. And Deshaun Watson still little the in passing Brandon Cooks seems to get traded every other offseason for a first-round pick. Will Fuller, he's been up and down. Kiki Conte, who plays the slot a lot. Jordan Atkins is a tight end. He rotates with Farrell Brown. And then David Johnson and Duke Johnson are the running backs. David Johnson had a better year since he stayed healthy than he did the year before that. I mean, 691 yards rushing, only 147-yard attempts for six TDs. But David Johnson's not the running back he was in Arizona pre or before the injury. So Deshaun Watson leads the lean in passing with that wide receiving core. Sam Darnold, they're thinking about replacing him in New York. The Texans gave Deshaun Watson a new contract. He's made multiple Pro Bowls. How can Todd McJay come out and say yeah, but Deshaun Watson's barely better than Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's good in terms of a quarterback he hasn't had a lot to work with but neither does sean watson deshaun watson has one of the worst offensive lines in the nfl and still led the league in passing the jets invested in mechai backed in to play left tackle the texans have laramie tonsil who they traded um with the dolphins with to get so both book in tackles but the interior line of the Jets is slightly better than the texans but again, numbers don't lie. Deshaun Watson's had a better career than Sam Darn. It's not even close. If Sam Darnold puts the same numbers as Deshaun Watson or came close to it, fine. The Jets would have gave him a contract and they wouldn't be looking at a new quarterback in the twenty twenty one draft. They would try to find weapons to get around him. If Deshaun Watson gets traded, it's gonna be for it's gonna be a big haul considering Like I said, Matthew Stafford got traded to the Rams for Jared Goff multiple draft picks. If the Texans trade Deshaun Watson, it's going to be huge in return. That's something to keep an eye on, but Todd McShay is completely wrong. I don't think it's close between Deshaun Watson and Sam Darnold. The stats prove that. And just the overall games prove that. Deshaun Watson's come in, he's played really well. Sam Darnold's been up and down. He's been benched, actually, at times. I want to shift focus to the new segment that we have. It's been—I well, It's not really new. I mean, it's been going on for a couple weeks now. And I really like it. A lot of other people like it. Um, it's the the who the fuck is that guy segment. Now, for people who have not paid attention previously, the last couple ones we did the Spurs. To start out, we did the Pelicans last week. We're going to focus on the Memphis Grizzlies right now. One of the players I found, it's it's John Conchar, he's 6'5", 210 pounds, plays shooting guard, he's played this year seven games averaging 17 minutes a game, five points, four rebounds, two assists. I had no idea who this guy was when I looked at it. I was like, who is John Conchar? You know what his nickname is? Jiddy. Isn't that weird? jitty so john conchar he went undrafted in 2019 he went to college at purdue fort wayne not the university of purdue purdue fort wayne so he goes to purdue fort wayne he has a triple double on march 10 2019 against south dakota 18 points 10 rebounds 10 assists As a senior at Purdue Fort Wayne, Conchar averaged 19 points, 8 rebounds a game, 5 assists, 2 steals, which earned him first-team All-Summit League. What the hell the Summit League? I keep forgetting Purdue Fort Wayne, not Purdue University. For his career in college, he had over 2,000 career points, and he left the program as the all-time leading scorer. Oh yeah, I'm sure Purdue Fort Wayne has put out a ton of big-time scores. So in 2019, Conchar goes into the draft after spending four years in college, goes undrafted. After going undrafted, he signs a two-way contract with the Memphis Grizzlies. Remember, two-way contract is they have the option to send you to the G League for developmental or then keep you on the regular roster. He makes his debut November 9, 2019 against the Dallas Mavericks. He doesn't do a lot, and then he got hurt November fifteenth and missed several weeks. Gets sent down to the G-League, which is the Santa Cruz Warriors on January 13, 2020. Plays well for them. The Grizzlies call him up uh, for the 2020 season. And now he's played 7 games, 17 minutes, shooting 46% from the field, 37% from the 3-point line. Has not missed the free throw. 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 points. And I guess he plays really good defense, from what I'm told. Last game he played was actually January 30th, which was yesterday. Got 15 minutes, seven boards, two, two points. But yes, John Gonchar, Conchar, I think I'm spelling that right. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Is the who the fuck is that guy for this? Again, this is a guy who came out of nowhere, went to Purdue Fort Wayne from 2015 to 2019, goes undrafted, plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, he was the four-time first team all summit league like i said from 2016 2019 that was his i guess fame in college he was all summit league and now he's playing for the memphis grizzlies crazy isn't it? like i don't know where this guy came from but I, again this this segment is focused on finding players on teams that nobody's heard of so when you look at it you're like I don't even know where this guy came from, and I don't, so the big thing, I know people want to kind of talk Super Bowl, you'll probably hear a lot about that, uh, in terms of, you know, this week, with the Super Bowl being February 7th, that's on a Sunday, the game's going to start at 6.30, it's Chiefs and Bucks, who, I mean, the money line, everybody's picking Kansas City, it's minus three if you're a gambler, Against Tom Brady, a lot of people don't want to see Tom Brady win another championship. Had a hell of a season. Tom Brady over 4,600 yards passing, over 40 TDs. Patrick Mahomes over 4,700 yards passing, 38 TDs. Travis Kelsey setting the mark for a tight end with over 1,400 yards receiving, 105 catches, 11 TDs. Mike Evans, the big receiver for Tampa, over 1,000 yards receiving, 13 TDs. It's going to come down to defense in this game be honest with you, whatever defense can get a stop, that's who's going to get the win. These are two high-powered offenses. Of course, you got the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Nico Hardman, big-time players on that offense, and then, of course, you you got Tampa Bay, who has Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette's running the ball pretty effectively, Ronald Jones... Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski. But it's going to come down to defense. For instance, Damakensu, Vita Veda, Veda Golson and JPP. Devin White, they have to step up on that Tampa Bay defense to get that win. If you're Kansas City, you're relying on Chris Jones. You know, Damian Wilson has to play well for them. The secondary has to play well for Kansas City. you got guys like uh, Traverse Ward. Uh, Antonio Hamilton, Rashad Breland, things like that in that secondary. Juan Thurnhill, uh Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. But it's going to come down to defense in this game. If the defense for each team plays well, that's who's going to get the win in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to talk about it too much more in depth because you're going to hear a lot about that on ESPN, Fox, things like that. Again, this is the Good Guy Grant podcast. We appreciate all the new listeners people are that tuning in each and every week Uh, and i hope everybody has a great start to the week and i hope you enjoyed the episode